another episode of not your normal books my name is Kalen. how are you guys doing today i am doing pretty good my dog is licking my elbow to grab my attention because she needs all of the attention in the world i don't really have any book recommendations because like i i i haven't really read a series that yet again has like i've I've read a couple series that have grabbed my attention, but nothing that is, like, worthy of talking about. I tell you the truth, I can't even remember what all I've read this week. Um, besides um, the books for what we're going to go over. Other than that, not really anything coming to mind. And that's not saying that it wasn't interesting material. That's just saying I read way too much for for certain things to stand out. Um, I am yet again fighting a cold or something. I have no idea. Um, I have started to watch the um, BBC series Ghosts. I know that on... CBS right now that uh, they're doing the American version of it, but I'm watching the British BBC version of it, and I fucking love it. And it's the first, I, I was talking to a friend at work about it. They're just like, is it another cooking show? I go, no, it's not a cooking show. For the, like the first time in months, I'm recommending something to watch that is not a cooking show. Which makes me realize how many cooking shows I'm watching and then wonder why I'm watching so many cooking shows. Keep telling myself if I record, I'm going to um, reward myself with going out and getting a coffee. And I really want that damn coffee. I have been so tired lately. It's not even been funny. A lot of the, I know a lot of the time when I when I talk at the beginning is like things that I've done or or anything, and I I really have not done all that much this week besides work. Um, I keep telling myself I'm going to visit my sister, nephew, and brother-in-law one last time before they head back home. And I've just been a little busy with things at home, whether it's getting notes done, having therapy, or or, or anything like that. So um, maybe today before I go into work. 
I, I'm so sorry, guys. I don't really have much of an intro for you. And, and, and I feel bad about that. And I don't know if, if it's because, like, I'm feeling slightly under the weather or, or what. And you're probably asking, why can't you record at a different time? So, it's Friday. Usually, I record Saturdays. But I have to work in the morning and then I have to go and help. Um, my mom's boyfriend's daughter move into her apartment so tomorrow is going to be out to do any like I'm not going to be able to do anything tomorrow because once I get home I'm going to be too tired to do anything because you guys know that I get off I think I've said this before I get off work at 10 30 11 o'clock at night so I get home anywhere between 11 p.m to 11 30 um, and then tomorrow morning, which is going to be Saturday, I have to be up at about four, four thirty in the morning. So then I can be at work around six. Um, and then from there I have to go straight to doing that. So I'm just going to be too tired to do anything tomorrow, which means recording today is the only time. So you're getting the raggedy Ann version of me. You know, I'm going to try to pick up the energy going into the actual book, which is what we're going to do now. The book that we have today is Reviving Kendall by Brandy Slavin. Now, about Brandy, she lives in Tennessee with her husband and kids, and when she's not writing, she can be found either reading at a beach or hiking in a state park. The characters that we have in here are Kendall, Gramps, Derek, Tegan, Kylie, Maverick, Goose, or Grant, Lucas, Lincoln, and Leo. Kendall lives with her gramps. Um, her parents are in prison for running a meth lab. She lost her grandma a few years, uh, years earlier from cancer. Her gramps is now fighting lung cancer. So far, life for Kendall hasn't been all that great. two years before her boyfriends, the Van Pelt brothers, were killed in a car accident. The three brothers were running a little late, picking her up for work, and tried to beat a train, but they didn't make it. She's still battling depression from this, and due to the cost and time, she hasn't been able to see her therapist. And, and, I understand this. I understand how debilitating depression can be for people. That Actually, that is one of the things that me and my therapist talked about yesterday was um, how bad my depression had gotten um, at one point in time. And, you know, it's it's not always easy to pull yourself out of it. There's really dark days in there um at school she's being bullied daily by this guy named Derek and she has no reason why everyone at school calls her trailer park and that's because she does live in a trailer park so when she first moved in with her grandparents they lived in this like 
suburbia type house. But when her grandma got sick with cancer, um, due to the medical bills, they had to, they lost the house. So they had to move out of it and they moved into the trailer park. Now, Kendall works at a Mexican restaurant and she's worked there for the last two years. And this one night she gets told that she has a table waiting for her. Now at this table is four very good looking young men. So they're all around her age. So Kendall is 18 and they ask for a number and she says, well, I don't have one because she doesn't have a phone. A phone costs money. She makes just enough to cover bills and a little bit of other expenses. At the end of the night, and she goes to clean their table and she finds $200 with a note attached to it saying or telling her to get a phone and then to text this number so then he can have her phone or phone number. This doesn't sit well with her. What else doesn't sit well with her along with the $200 that was thrown on the table? They also left her a $50 tip. And she doesn't like to be someone's charity case like like she has no idea who the who these people are and they're around they're flashing their she they're around flashing daddy's money and and she doesn't take it well and she shouldn't so she she tries to say something and give the money back to him but by the time she gets everything and then goes to find them they're already gone she sees their taillights heading down the road a couple of days later, the guys come back into the diner. She throws the money at them, saying that she's not a whore to be paid for. And this finally, like, and this, like, opens the guy's eyes to be just like, oh, what we did was bad. Like, like, they're not used to, I'm not going to say they're not used to people telling them no. They're probably not used to people like saying I don't want your charity or something like that so after this her boss gives her the rest of the day off but then but also tells her that she's not fired like with her yelling at the guys the guys probably deserved it so she's walking home when the guys pull up behind her and they're all apologizing they're just like we didn't we're sorry if we we're sorry for offending you and all this and and they're trying to get her into their car only to take her home. Now, that sounds really nefarious. You've got four guys that you don't know. You have really no idea what their names are. Who are just like, we're sorry, we wanted to take you home. Please get into our car. No. No, 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 no. Does not... Th- does not sound well whatsoever but she does accept the ride home from them because while they're there talking you see Derek and his friends drive down the road and one of and I think it was Derek that did this has a cup full of soda throws it at her hits her right in the chest and just that container just explodes on her so she is just soaking wet with soda now and and all the the guys that are with her we learned that their names are 
Lucas, Tegan, Maverick, and Goose. She goes, I will accept that ride home because, you know, she it's like a half hour walk and it's night, it's cold. Yeah, she's going to accept that ride now. So she only lets them take her to the entrance of the trailer park. And she goes, here, you guys did your good deed for the day. Now you can go home back to suburbia and forget all about the trailer park girl. But the next day, Lucas shows up at her school. And he's just like, do you want to go get something to eat with me? I just want to talk. So they go to Pete's diner. And they talk. Now, now, something that we learn about all of the guys is that even though they're around 17, 18 years old, they all have tattoos. Uh, Lucas has both sleeves done. And he says he also has his chest and I believe his back done, maybe. And, you know, that... I, it, it always, I always wonder about this. He's like, okay. So he says that he starts getting tattoos when he was 16. But here's the thing. I'm pretty sure I wasn't done. I might've, I might've been stopped growing at 16. I don't remember, but I'm not a hundred percent sure guys are. So like, wouldn't. Wouldn't, like, you want to end, like, your last, your last, like, growth spurt before you try to get any tattoos? Because I don't, I don't know if those are going to stretch. I know, um, luckily, like, the first couple tattoos that I got, I got before I, I put on some weight. And I have them in, in spots to where, especially the one on my ribs, it's up high enough to where it won't stretch um all that much so but that's just like one thing that I just always wonder is like a lot of like I read a book where it was a freshman that had all these tattoos and I'm just like okay you're 14 you're you know I think that like yeah, even as like a even as like a freshman and in in high school, you're probably what anywhere between when I go on the low end, it's say five four, and the high end at least five nine ish maybe. And I'm 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 gonna say average. Like I have a cousin who God, he's a freshman in high school and he's six three I think six three or six four so I mean everyone's different with with genetics from parents and and, and grandparents and all that so that's just like a one thing like I've always wondered about but Lucas makes her a deal he will show her more of his tattoos if she tells him where where she went in her head. 
when he was first calling her name. She lets him know that it's almost the two-year anniversary of her boyfriend's um, death. Now, I do say boyfriends. As I said, the Van Pelt brothers, there was three of them. She was dating all three of the brothers. They all knew about each other. They were in a polyamorous relationship. Soon, the rest of the guys show up at the diner. And, you know, they start to make this friendship. And, and I think this is something that Kendall really needs because, I mean, she's coming up on the anniversary of, of her boyfriend's death. And, you know, her mind and, and with the bullying that's happening, you know, she's, she's having some dark days. So I think this friendship will go a long way with her. No, so months go on and some of the guys make some moves on her. So she kisses a couple, makes out with one or two of them. But Maverick says something to her along the lines of, you're going to hurt one of them. You better pick which one you want or something. And she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to pick because she likes them all. But, you know, she's going to distance herself like romantically from them still be friends but is going to like push herself away from from the affection that they're showing her she knows that yeah she might have had a, a relationship with multiples before but not everyone else has and not everyone else will be okay with it so we finally reach christmas break and Kendall gets invited to go with the guys, Kylie and her boyfriend. And Kylie is Tegan's sister. Um, and, 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 and they go up to the mountains. The guys go skiing and snowboarding for the day. Kylie's boyfriend finds out that he doesn't fare well with high altitudes. I don't know how I fare with high altitudes. So if I ever go to the mountains... Oh God, if I go to the mountains, I have to drive through them. I can't, I can't drive through the mountains. Guys, I can't drive through the mountains. I get, I have really bad uh, motion sickness. I'm, I'm finally to the point where I can ride roller coasters without Dramamine. But if I ride a roller coaster, I have to wait at least uh, 45 minutes to an hour before I do anything else or else I will throw up. How do you know that? Because I've done that. I learned the hard way on a date. Yeah, let's just say that relationship did not last much longer. So Kylie's, like, helping her boyfriend out as much as she can, just so then he's comfortable and, and, and everything else. So Kendall isn't going with the guys when they go snowboarding and skiing because, you know, there's a lot of snow that came down. She's already not all that comfortable in cars. So they're just like, okay. So she she just like, well, just go. I'll find, I'll find something to do here. So what she does is, um, she. So before they head to the cabin, uh, Maverick gives her an old camera of his that he doesn't use because they found out that uh, she likes to take pictures. So they're just like, here's 
a camera for you. Like, take whatever you want with it. So she goes and she goes for a walk in the surrounding road. She's sticking to the trails. She knows that, you know, I can't go off the trails. I don't know this area. So she's, but she loses track of time. And so she's on the trails a little bit longer than she originally thought. Now, when she gets back, all the guys are just like, oh my God, you're here. And and, and it's like they were freaking out because they couldn't find her. And Maverick is just like, Maverick turns into an asshole. He's saying that Maverick goes on saying that they promised themselves that they weren't going to start anything with it, with that they weren't going to allow any distractions to come between them while trying to get under their parent, get out from under their parents' thumbs. Um, the night before Kendall couldn't sleep, she went down to go get a glass of water. Her and Maverick ended up making out, and and. Um, both of them became topless and then she put a stop to it and you know Maverick's just like Maverick has some shit going on in his life that we don't know about yet that we will learn about and learn that that's the reason why he's acting the way that he's acting the one thing that that Maverick said that we instantly just want to punch him in the face for. It's just, they're just like, or he's just like, well, we weren't going to allow any distractions, but now you're all falling around trailer park trash. And that kills Kendall. Because she never thought the guys would stoop. She, she never thought the guys would ever call her that. So she escapes to the room that she's staying in. She waits for all the guys to fall asleep. And then... She, Kylie, and her boyfriend leave to go back home in the middle of the night. After she gets dropped off, she falls asleep. But just a few hours later, she's woken up by someone knocking on her door. And it's her neighbor. Now her neighbor says, I tried to call you. I couldn't get a hold of you. Um, your gramps is in the hospital. I came to check on him. I found him on the ground, unresponsive. They said he had a stroke. He's he's at the hospital right now. So she goes to the hospital. And she gets there and she's told he's in a coma. That it's unlikely he will wake up from it. And if he does, he's going to need a lot of care. During the time that her gramps is in the hospital, she doesn't go to school. But one of her teachers goes to the hospital, gives her her work, and says, you just need to come to school for tests and exams. She's like, all right. Now, it's been about a month since her gramps uh, was admitted to the hospital. And it's doctor and an attorney come in the attorney says that grams had a will in that will it states that 
there's a DNR, a do not resuscitate. It states that if he were to fall into a coma and was unresponsive for three days, they were to take him off life support. So they follow Gramps' last wishes and they take him off life support. Three days later, Kendall holds the funeral for her grandfather. The attorney is, tells her that uh, there's some paperwork for her to fill out, but just take the time that she needs and come in when she can. At the funeral, um, so so due to the will, there's no showing, which, you know, a showing is really hard to do. I remember um, I had to fight from breaking down at my grandmother's showing because, like, I get it. People want to come and pay their respects. And you're already fighting these gigantic emotions that are going through you. Like, you have so much sadness, anger. Like, you're still going through the stages of grief. At the funeral, they're lowering, they're lowering her grandfather into the ground. And Kendall, break, Kendall breaks down. She falls to the ground. She starts just weeping and wailing. And she hears her name being called in the, in the distance. And it's all the guys. They take her back to the trailer, which has no power or heat. And they see her taking some kind of pill. Now, I... It doesn't specify what these are, if they are sleeping pills, if they are antidepressants. I don't think they're antidepressants, but I think they're some very high-dosed sleeping pills. Um, which the guys take them and, and throw them out. Do I think that's okay to do? No, but they see that she's taking them. For, um, for her to become numb. And, you know, that is a very slippery slope. When her gramps first went into the hospital to now, she never really ate anything. So she's dropped at least 50 pounds off of her already super slender figure. And the guys are doing all they can to get her to eat, even though it's hard. And they, they all tell her, look, we're not going anywhere. We want to date you. We're going to date you. Um, and they're doing everything to help. Now, months later, they go to visit Lucas's parents. And it seems out of all the boys, um, he has the most stable house. Or stable home environment, I should say. I believe Lucas is the youngest of the five boys. There's Leo, Logan, Lincoln, and Lathan. I'm going to guess the order. I think it goes... Lathan, Leo, Logan, then Lincoln. I could be mixing up Lathan and Leo, but I believe that's how the... Um, order goes and they're all giving him shit because all, all except for Lincoln but because Lucas is bringing a girl home 
but they all think that Kendall is dating one of the other guys and they they're not ashamed so they're just like yeah we're all dating her come here come here so they start yelling for their mom being just like Lucas brought a girlfriend home but the thing is Kendall fell in love with the house she falls in love with Lucas's family and especially his mom Blaine a few more months go by and now that the school year's done they're graduated the guys want to talk about talk to Kendall about college next year because she didn't think she'd be able to go to college and didn't find out about how much money her Gramps life insurance was that she was receiving, which is a whopping quarter of a million dollars. Now, I noticed this. When you say quarter of a million dollars, it sounds so much more than when you say 250000 For some reason, when you say like 250000 it doesn't seem like that much, but when you stop, but when you say quarter of a million, I mean that sounds like a shit ton of money. I don't know why, um, but but you know she never applied to colleges, and and she always assumed that she wasn't going to be able to go to college, that she was going to graduate high school, that she was going to take care of her gramps. That, you know, that was just going to be her life until her grandfather had passed. Because she didn't want to think about life without her grams. Maverick's the one that starts the conversation. And how he phrases it seems like they, he's breaking up with her. And and the way he does phrase it is so bad. Um, but... They they have something for her. They give her an envelope. Now, this is an envelope of an acceptance letter to their sister college that is 30 minutes away from the, from the college that the guys are going to go to. They tell her that the first two years are already paid for. And, and she's just like, you guys aren't paying for my college. They're just like, we're not. Tegan tells her that his father wanted to do some giving back. So, Tegan said, why not a scholarship? So, Kendall got the scholarship. They also have a house that they're renting, too. And that's also paid for for the next two years. She is overwhelmed by all of this and cannot believe that this is her life. When August comes around, they move down to their new house. The guy is not only going to the same college, but they are also playing football together. For the first time in a long time, things are looking up for Kendall. And that is the end of the book. One of the things that I really love about this series is especially in the first book you you meet Kendall and you get to see the progression of her growth in her growth and strength so you see when we first meet Kendall she's beaten down she's I, I'm not gonna say that she's broken 
but she is you know she's she's life has knocked her on her ass so many times life first started turn like looking better for her when her grandparents got custody of her and that was good for a couple years and then her grandmother got sick they lost the house they moved into the trailer park she was getting bullied daily her grandmother passed her grandfather got cancer her she met these wonderful boys the van pelt brothers started a, a relationship with them they die and like life has literally knocked her ass knocked her on her ass so many times and then here comes the guys they they don't care that she lives in a trailer park. They don't care that she struggles to make ends meet. They like her for her strength, for her compassion, for all these different things that make her Kendall. And yes, they have their ups and downs. Yes, they say some stupid, stupid shit, but they all work well together. They all grow to love each other. Yeah, their relationship isn't normal. Isn't something that you see in everyday life. And, you know, yes, it's sometimes a struggle for one or multiple of them to be okay with it. But let me ask you this question. Would you rather find the love of your life and have to share that person with one or more others? Or would you find the love of your life, see that there's others that love her, and never have them. That's fine. If you have the heart big enough to love multiples, go for it. Is there times where I wish I had a relationship like that? Fuck yes. Do I think there'd be a lot of fighting with that? Probably. But in the end, all that matters is that you love each other. That's it. And that's all that these guys are doing. A lot of, I, I found out that a lot, or not I found out, I've read a lot of books that deal with reverse harems and, you know, it, 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 Sometimes, like, right off the bat, a lot of them are just like, oh, yeah, oh, I'm so into this. But in this one, you get to see the struggle of them coming to terms. And I like that. I like how 
and I've said this before with multiple books. I like how this book is set in the real world. I like how this book, this could happen to anyone. I like that because you can physically put yourself in the character's shoes and just be just like, okay, I would probably react the same way. Would I do this different? Probably. 10 out of 10, guys. 10 out of 10. Um, this is all I have for you guys this week. Um, I'll be back with the second book next week. Um, so if you guys want to find me on social media, you guys can do that on Instagram and Twitter at notyournormalbookspodcast.com. Whoa, no, 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 sorry. My mind went eight different ways and nothing came out right. So you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at not your normal podcast and not your fucking A, dude. Oh, okay. Instagram and Twitter at not your normal books podcast. You can email me at not your normal books at gmail.com. Um, you can email me any book suggestions, any thoughts and feelings that you have, any questions that you have, anything like that. Um, if you guys have stories that are like personal stories that are similar to what is happening in the books and you don't mind me reading them on the podcast, send them in. Um, Also, please, please, please rate, subscribe, and review. Every little bit helps other people find this podcast. And that's all I have for you guys. So I will see you all next week.